0: Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac Michigan thank you for joining us today we're so glad to have you with us and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today
1: It's a heavy responsibility do you know that like we have a world that's putting so much pressure on us as dads as as, as male leaders you know that and it, it's just a, it's a thing that happens that we don't realize. And so, and so when we take it on ourselves and we try to do that ourselves, we can be, become overwhelmed. But I say that because to, to, I know how the enemy works to try to get us to carry all these burdens when God wants us to cast all our burdens upon him. But I believe all the lives changed for Jesus, especially regarding men. They were changed because they met Father. They had an encounter with the Heavenly Father. As a matter of fact, it is the underlying unspoken desire of all people to know the Father. We see this right here in John 14, 8, when Philip meets Jesus. He says, he says Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. And he was right. If there is a missing piece in anyone's life, it is the Father. And I'll say this, when you find him, you find you. When you find him, you find you. So my prayer, my hope is that you walk away today receiving this life-transforming truth. And John, it's found in 1 John right here. It says, see how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children, and that is who we are. It's not just what we are, that is who we are. But Lord, I pray that our eyes will be open today because he says, see, can you just see how much God loves us? I believe the Father's love is the mark of the next revival. See, Jesus had been talking about his father with his disciples for some time. So it caused Philip to ask that powerful request, the request that would reveal a prophetic word that was given actually to Malachi about a thousand years before Jesus came to earth. And here it is, Malachi 4, 5 through 6. This is the beginning of our, our revival and we're going to see this ramp up in the days ahead. Look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arises. I know that sounds kind of negative, but that's just Jesus coming back. But look at his preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Returning people back to the heart of the father is the next wave of revival. This has to happen so that the enemy can't have his way. So my question is, what will this message speak? We'll discover that in a moment. Because that message is going to bring us to the one who can bring revival, who can restore family, and who can reveal true love, our Father in heaven. I love it that when the disciples came to Jesus, they said, Jesus, show us how to pray. Teach me how to pray. And he didn't start with, okay, pray this way, say, God say the king of the universe, say your majesty. No, he said, say our father. Mm. Our father. Our father. Not even my father, our father. You guys, we have a father that Jesus died so that we could get to and see who he really is. So I found that it was never God's goal for me to have a perfect relationship with my dad. Because no one has a perfect relationship with their earthly dad. Simply because dads are not perfect. LOL, come on. His ultimate goal was to get me to my heavenly father, plain and simple, whether you had an amazing relationship with your dad or have an amazing relationship with your dad or one that's non-existent or even hurtful, Jesus came to introduce you and I to our heavenly father. And I like reserving the the name Father for God from a practical standpoint because it helps me and my kids distinguish between the perfect and the imperfect when it comes to that. Matthew 23, 9 says, and do not call anyone on earth Father. for You have one Father who is in heaven. I might be dad, but I'm not Mac Daddy. I don't compare to my heavenly Father. That's okay. The gap is enormous, but this gap can be filled by believing and following Jesus. Because Jesus not only came to save the world, he came to reveal the Father. Jesus never wanted to put himself on the pedestal. He was determined to promote the Father to make him known to the world. However, we know this throughout history. The enemy has developed a strategic plan to distract us from the Father's love. He longs to deceive us from the tender compassion of the Father. And ultimately try to steal that truth from our hearts. And I've seen many people, including myself at times, duped way too often with a distorted view of our Heavenly Father. See, the enemy wants us to think that God is the author of destruction. That God is fickle. And that God is absent in times of trouble, all lies. And so what I've seen is this this distorted view, which I really just call the Father Void, creates this deficiency that leaves us with no inner peace or wholeness. Even with all the things God has done for us. So we know there's this father void in life when there's anger, negativity, pessimism, and sarcasm. We see the damage when there's hatred, envy, jealousy, evil thoughts and desires. We see it when there's boasting and striving to be superior over others because of feelings of inferiority. So they ask a few questions. Do you feel insignificant, unimportant, or inferior? Do you live with feelings of rejection? Are you self-conscious feeling that people are, are looking at you but not approving? Do you lack confidence around others? Do you constantly struggle with temptation or addictions? Does lust have a significant stronghold in your life? Are you are you sometimes willing to compromise what is right just to have someone's love and approval? All indications for a return to the Heavenly Father. The good news that that can change today. So that deep underlying unspoken desire for the Father can be fulfilled with Jesus. So Jesus goes on to tell Philip this, John 14, 9 and 11, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. Just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. So the truth is, if you ever want to know the Father, just simply look to Jesus. I encourage you even to open up your Bible today and start reading all the words in red. It's powerful. All the words in red. And you're going to see quickly who the Father is through Jesus in his words and his love for us. There's a world out there Struggling and hurting. And the answer is the Father. The Father. The Father. So we talked to Brother Abraham yesterday. He's uh, one of uh, the missionaries we, we um, support throughout the years. He's, he's a missionary in, in India, and he's been doing this for many, many years. He oversees 4,500 churches. So obviously you can see how I felt talking to him. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, you're great. 4,500 churches. 4,500 pastors. And, and he, I said, well, how, how do you do ministry there? Like, what, what, what is, is it obviously a lot different than, than here in the in the U.S.? And he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes there, they don't really want a seven-point sermon. They don't want the great song. They just want to experience God. And how they experience God there is in the supernatural way of healing. He says, so what we do, says these people have no money, they have no insurance, they are starving, and they're very sick at times. And so he says, he says what we do is we, we say, hey, come tomorrow and Jesus will heal you. I said, well, how can you say that? <laughs> he goes, I love it because it puts all the pressure on God, <laughs> you know, and it puts a very good, healthy pressure on me not to just wave a quick little prayer over them, he says, there are times when we pray for people for a long, long time, hoping that we can get out of there before, you know, three in the morning, but, 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 but his goal is so he knows that when, because when they come they're going to say, you told me that I would meet God. Because in their culture they have millions of gods. Every single one of those gods has let them down, and they know it. So what they do is, well, that god let me down, i got to go get another one. So let me go find another one. And all of a sudden, that God lets him down. And by the way, he, you, know, you know what? He said, every single one of those gods, the picture is a distorted face, teeth coming out, tongue out this way. He goes, they're all ugly. All of them looking that way. It just shows you, and, and they all present fear. Be afraid. You worship this God until I tell you not to, Right? But he says what we do is we just say, hey, come, come, come tomorrow and you will experience the love of God through your body. <laughs> so people come sick. He said the miracles that happen there are just mind-blowing, unbelievable, literal healings happening right on the spot. I mean, cancer-gone people that, I mean, just just incredible. But he says that is what they need. But it really is no different here in the U.S. or anywhere else. Everybody just needs to know that God loves them, the Father loves them. And in whatever way he wants to, to bring himself into a life, in their culture, because again, they don't have 401Ks, they don't have health insurance, they got nothing, So they're desperate. And they said, I I need you to heal this body. I need you to, to, to fix this body. And God shows up. If you want to know the Father, simply look to Jesus. Let me cure, really quick, one statement, the division that happens with everyone's doctrine, everyone's own theology, about who God is, let me just tell you this. Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is perfect, perfect theology. You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to try to find something else about God. Just look to Jesus. He is perfect theology. What what he did then, the Father does now. What he said then, the Father says today. He says, I only do what my father does. But even more than what Jesus said and did was what the father said to Jesus that matters most. And this is the the message that we're going to hear today. This is the message that we're going to hear for ourselves. This is the message that we're going to begin spreading in our family and in our community. I'll give you those statements in a moment. First, let me just say this one phrase before you go anywhere with these statements. Let God love you first. Let God love you first. That's how God rolls. That's how the gospel goes with his love first. First John 4:19. we love because he first loved us. I can only love God because he's loved me first. What's the challenge? Here's the problem. So many people are trying to be first. They do their good deeds first. They help the poor first. They serve first. They seem to win every time with a performance based relationship. They cross the finish line unknowingly, pushing Jesus aside. Newsflash He won. He did it. He's already at the finish line. He already crossed. So when I say this is you don't have to earn God's approval I couldn't love him first he did it I could never accomplish that in a million years no one could have That's why he stands out he stands tall above all above Buddha, Muhammad, Hari, Krishna, Santa, Superman he won and no one will ever come close So let me give you these three statements. I'm going to finish with something here in a moment. It's said in in psychology and emotional therapy, and this is taught, widely taught, but it's true, and that is all self-lies, all self-accusations, all self-inflicted negative spoken words can all be filtered into three statements. This is very important. Three statements. If there's a thousand of them, they all go into one of these categories. And they are simply this. I am helpless. I am worthless. I'm unlovable. All of them. I say that to say this. Isn't it just like the Father to passionately combat and come against those self-inflicted lies with loving truth? And here they are right now. Matthew 3, 16. Seven. You guys here? You're good? Okay, here we go. Here we go. After the baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. The message that brings revival, the words that cause the world to return, that restore families is this. I am with you. Say it. Say, I'm with you. The Father settled. That was the Father. Like we we say, what was that? Was that? It wasn't a dove. That wasn't a bird coming down. That was literally the Holy Spirit. That's the father coming down, settling on Jesus, Jesus touching, resting on him, in essence saying, Jesus, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's widely known that physical touch is critical for the development of any child. That positive, affirming touch on his shoulder, hug from a dad, demonstrates a love that words cannot express. Every child needs it. That didn't happen much in my household. Well, it did if you got punched. We had two older brothers. We, there, there, it would be at times when one of us had a bloody nose, usually me before school. But um, I was the tiniest. When I first started out in ministry, I was, asked to someone to, I was asked by someone to visit their son in jail. It was just a green, two months into it. I go, sure, I'll go to, I'll go to jail and, and meet him. Met him, but little did I realize that that one visit, one visit with this one man, would turn to something bigger well he went back and told his cellmate hey you should come check out uh, this this dan dude and then all of a sudden within weeks it went from one to 40. and it wasn't my singing it wasn't my personality i didn't know much it wasn't my good looks surprise it was a simple it was a simple hug it was a simple hug you guys because what I did is I just, hey, man, whatever, side hug, a man hug, a bro hug, whatever it is. with these guys, I'm just giving them a hug. And I noticed that they were extremely um, uncomfortable but hungry for that hug. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? What's going on here? See, most men incarcerated have never experienced a meaningful, loving touch from a dad. So that hug was more significant than we know at the time. You'd be surprised. People go weeks and weeks with never experiencing a meaningful touch. You know that? That's why a little hand to shoulder, a little handshake can make a huge difference. So in that Bible study, there was a guy that showed up. It looked like he didn't want to be there. He had a pentagram tattooed on the top of his head. And he sat right in front and I'd just start sharing whatever, whatever I knew, which wasn't much about God, the gospel, but it was enough. And I'm sharing with them, and they knew that, that in, in, in a time we would pray. And he would sit there, and it looked like he was get, waiting for a moment to jump up and grab me by the throat. <laughs> and I was kind of scared. I'd never close my eyes around this guy. We would And he would leave. He would leave just madder than a hornet. Like, why is this guy here? I'd say, and of course, here we go. Next week he'd come sit right down there. I just kind of back up a little bit and I never close my eyes. One day, I gave an altar call to receive Jesus, and he is crying, puts up his hand, gives his heart to Jesus. First things he, first things he does is gives me a hug. <laughs> he finally got his hug. He finally got his hug. That guy gets out, two years go by. I'm at the church. He comes rolling in, completely different. Didn't even recognize the guy, except for that tattoo on his head. I recognized that. But, but he came and he was been changed, transformed by, by God. I couldn't, I'm like, dude, you are, I can't, who are you? He was. man, I'm in a band. I'm in this Christian band. I'm a, I'm a, it's like a Christian metal band, <laughs> you know. I said, it's amazing. It's amazing. When someone begins to experience true love from the Father, Isaiah 46, 4, I'll be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. See, when you gave your heart to Jesus, burly man or burly woman, listen, what happens is every time that you get up and go to work, go to your job, do the thing that you do, literally Jesus is carrying you there. But you don't see that in the natural because you wouldn't want your your, your employees to see that. But that's what he does. Oh, no, no, I got you, Dan. Let me carry you into church today. Lord, let me, I can do it, Lord, let me down. No, 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 I'm gonna carry you everywhere you go, Dan. We gotta be okay with that. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's with you. There, oh, that was weak. Seriously, he's with you. <laughs> Listen, therefore, you are not helpless. Your Father is with you. Here we go, Matthew 3, 16, 17 again. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. The message that brings revival and the words that cause the world to return is I love you. Say, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Now turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. There you go. Hey, there's some love. We're back in the 70s again. I love you. I love you. I wonder if we hear that enough. Probably not. I wonder how much we need to hear that now. Especially the times we live in. Because his love is the greatest defense and our greatest weapon against the enemy. It's really how the world's going to know that we're gods, right? By the love, his love and the love we show one another. Now think about this for a moment. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. There weren't any miracles or wonders performed through him. Yet God said, I love you, Jesus, for all to hear And so many times we fall into the trap of thinking we have to earn his love. Nope. He loved you before. He loves you now. And he loves you forever. So he tells Jesus with everyone hearing, hey, everyone, listen up. I love him. That's my son. I love him very much. Before he did anything or has to do anything or ever will do anything, I love him. Amen? So I tried that one morning. Levi is uh, probably in the sixth grade or something. I can see it. He was going to the, to the, the junior high, which isn't there anymore, but, but he's going to the junior high, and I drop him off, and there's his buddies hanging out. And I tried it, and I, op- I, op- I open up the window as he's walking through, and he's, he's kind of get- getting to his buddies, you know, doing a ha- handshake. I said, hey, Levi, I love you. <laughs> and he went, kind of walked away like that. I said, I'm in big trouble when he gets home. I know it. <laughs> that's what I felt. But he forgot, as many of them do throughout the day. So, um, But that's what Jesus, that's what the Father did. Hey, I love you, Jesus. You guys getting this? I love you. I love you. Those are the father's first words. He wasn't showing favoritism. Listen, he was setting a precedent. He was setting a precedent. He says, because he just doesn't say that to Jesus. Jesus, our big brother, the firstborn, right? Now he says it to us. Hey, I love you. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. For all to hear. Simply loved him. Before he had done anything else, anything in ministry, God loved him. And God loves you. See, I believe we need to talk ourselves into God's love. Wake up and say God loves me. Go to work and say God loves me. Go to bed and say God loves me. Sit in church and say, God loves you. "Therefore, you are not unlovable." Remember that lie. You're not unlovable. God loves you. And lastly, Matthew three sixteen seventeen. We're almost done. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open. You saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. I'm with you. And a voice from heaven said, my dearly loved son, I love you, who brings me great joy. I like you. This is big, you guys. I like you. Because, of course, God loves the world. He loves everybody. But that doesn't make me feel special sometimes. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, of course, you love everybody. Oh, I'm just lumped in with all the other children. no, no. no. So then God brings it down to another level. He says, oh, yeah, yeah, I love you. But listen, I like you. You bring me great joy. I like you. This is something we, we, don't really, we don't really think about with God, but he likes us. See, before you were formed in the womb, he got really creative with you. He designed every detail of you. And when he created you, he says, this is very, very good. And that's why when the world tries to pigeonhole you or try to conform you, break away free because God made you just the way you are. We have an enemy who tries to make us like someone else or him. No, 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 no. Like, celebrate you. Yeah. Celebrate how God made you. Go back and listen to that message we talked about the five-fold ministry Man, the apostles, those business leaders and owners, those people that start businesses, man, celebrate that because not everybody's that. The people who teach, celebrate your your teaching gift. Celebrate your pastoring gift. Man, celebrate your your, your prophetic gift. You're able to kind of sense the time and see even things in the future. Right? Celebrate your evangelistic gift. Everybody thinks you're, you're different because every time you go out to a, to a restaurant, you're looking to get everybody saved, the waitress, the waiter, right? That's not weird. That's you. That's how God made you, right? He likes you. He's a friend. Revelation 3.20, we're almost done. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we... We'll share a meal together as friends. And I'll never forget one morning early on, brand new Christian. And I don't, I don't claim to be a super spiritual person. I know I'm spiritual, but I, I don't hear like people do. I don't see visions, but I did see a vision once. So it was really cool. Never forget it. So I'm waking up, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a morning person. I'm taking the cobwebs out of my eyes. I'm looking straight up into the ceiling. And all of a sudden, the ceiling is open it kind of freaked me out, but it was open and I saw into heaven. I'm like, what is this? And I saw an open heaven and I saw a big old chair, probably the throne of God. I saw the edge of the chair. I saw, I saw the feet of Jesus or the Lord, whatever whoever it was. I didn't see his face, but I imagined, and I feel like God showed me his face and he showed me something. He said, This is what the Lord, I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart. He says, Dan. I like you, and I can't wait to spend my day with you. I'm like, is that, 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 that God? Yes. I can't wait to walk with you and talk with you. I can't wait to share a meal with you, to share a prayer with you, to share love with you. I can't wait to do that. I thought, how many times I just said that. Eh. See you later. You know, I forget Jesus. But his goal every single day is to say, hey, let's go. Let's go. I can't wait. Let's go play some golf. Come on. Let's go. Listen. Let's go do. He put those desires in your heart. He loves to do it with you. He likes you. Therefore. You are not worthless. You are valuable. You are valuable. Friends, he's a good, good father. Your father never intends awfulness, he only intends awesomeness. I'm gonna have Bob come up here just to bring us home. Bob Zine coming out of the bullpen. And uh gonna give you just a snapshot of what God has done in his life, but. I I love talking to Bob. Um, Here's a man that um, we say that phrase when you when God changes a man, changes a family. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So go for it. Oh, I wrote a testimony. Oh, two and a half years ago. Um, uh, My my grandfather inspired me to do it. In 2015, uh, I spent a night in jail, and just been through some been through some real rocky road, and I remember his remember the look on his face when I f- finally got the courage to face him and I remember the look on his face and it was i don't know i can, couldn't can't explain it, but I could tell he was discouraged and then they had a it was in December of two thousand nineteen there was a Pastor Dan had, and I had a, did he all the deal to write a testimony. And I thought, man, prior to that, my grandfather, my grandpa was on my mind. And I couldn't figure out why, and I couldn't figure out why. And it was about, then the testimony thing was brought up in church. And I thought, that's, and I remember the look on my grandfather's face, and I thought, this is what I got to do. I got to write this. And I wrote, and I got home that night from church, and, uh, that evening. I just, I sat on the kitchen floor, and I just started typing. And my journey's been really great in 2019. Um, I asked my wife out, and it's been a great journey ever since. And we dated for about a month and a half, and she asked me to come to church. And I've been coming ever since. And it's been a been a great road, and when I gave myself to the Lord I was 49 years old and it's never too late to do that never and while I was going to church and before I gave myself to the Lord I was sitting where I was sitting today and Wayne Ashley was sitting behind me and he said Bob something big is coming he said I don't know what I don't know what but he says something's big coming this went on for three four weeks Pastor Dan was standing up here giving a giving a prayer at the end of church. Um, Courtney had went to work out and that's back when the information desk was out front. And I remember I remember stand just sitting there in the prayer with my eyes closed and it felt I don't know, just a prayer and then it felt like I had a string attached to my hand. All of a sudden it was towards the end there and give yourself to the Lord and it felt just like there was a he, God had a string right on my mm. hand and just pulled it right up. <laughs> and my life has been great ever since for the past oh, past three wow. years. So, yeah.
1: uh, Wow. <laughs> Man, Bob, I, I love it. There's so much in this story we talk. Um, but I, but the, th- the thing that you, you can't deny are the tears that flows from this man's eyes every time we talk about how God changed his life, how he met the father. I mean, genuine tears. I love that in in in, in Bob, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that just man. That's the real proof that God changed your life and is changing your life, Bob. I love Absolutely. it. And he hooked you up with a with a gal who's pretty awesome, Courtney. We love her, man. I mean, yep. you're you're a blessed man these days. Yes. And uh, man, I'm just uh, thank you for coming up here and sharing just that brief, you know, testimony. Isn't that good, you guys? <laughs> now. You know, the one thing I'm I'm not sure if you, if you mentioned that, but that letter to Grandpa, um, uh, it's really cool seeing. Cause I always think, man, well, how did you get here? And, and there always is a a dad or mom or a grandpa or a grandma or a great grandma grandpa that was praying. By the way, you, you don't mess with the with a with a uh, with the with grandpa the grandparents prayer
0: yep, or the parents
1: yeah. prayer, right? <laughs> you know that, that those are some powerful prayers.
0: Yeah, my grandpa prayed for me for years and years and years. Wow. One night I was laying in bed, and I thought, man, how would I make it through all this stuff? I thought, bing, my grandpa was praying for me. Your grandpa was praying. Man, oh, man, Man,
1: amazing. (laughs) Because he threw out that number 49. You know how difficult it is as we get older to give your heart to Jesus? This is what I love about the power of God and the Father's love, and you encounter the Father's love and and still encountering it. So, Bob, I feel like you may be here today and you, maybe you don't know the Father's love and you feel like, man, I got a string on my hand you know, that wants me to, 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 to uh, respond to Jesus the same way, Bob. We'd love to give you that chance. Would you bow your heads for a moment? And if you feel that string, you feel that heart pull, like you don't know the Father, maybe you've just grown up not knowing the love of the Father. Mm. Now is your moment to receive Jesus. Thank you that you love us, Lord. If You're here today saying, I want to know that same Father's love that Bob did. It's a simple prayer. Would you pray this together as a family? Put your hand over your heart and say, Heavenly Father, Father, I come to you you in the precious name of Jesus. Jesus. And today, I confess Jesus Jesus as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. Jesus, thank you for loving me, thank you for erasing my past, giving me a clean slate. My life is yours, your life is mine, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, you guys. Hey, thank you, Bob. Thank you, man. Hey, we love you guys. You want to talk to Bob? He's willing to talk to you. Um, And uh, prayer team is here. Hey, happy Father's Day, and uh, have a great time with your family today. God bless you guys. Take care.
0: We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.